to the second edition or second episode of Catholic Champion Podcast. Today I want to talk about sacred images. This seems to be a favorite target of Reformed apologists of late. Uh, people such as James White and his sidekick Turretin fan and others as well love to attack the Catholic and Orthodox practice of sacred images, the use of sacred images. The common accusation that is made is they call it idolatry. They say that using images to venerate the saints, Our Lady, is idolatry. So we're going to look at what idolatry is really quick as we look at the Old Testament. What idolatry in the Old Testament refers to is the worship of false gods. We can see that depicted in the golden calf. We can see that the, the Jews were worshipping a false god, they created an image, and they held that image to have some sort of power as an actual god, or, and they actually were, were, of course, condemned for doing that. Now, when we look at the use of Christian images, can we equate the two? I don't think it is a tenable argument to do so. I think that if we look at the use of Christian images, they are used more in lines, in line of what the actual Jews did in the Old Testament. Now we know that images were not outrightly condemned in the Old Testament. We know this because our Lord commanded them to use certain images in their worship. We see this on the Ark of the Covenant. We see this used in the Temple, the Holy of Holies. There were images there. They just weren't used in an idolatrous manner. There were images of angels and cherubim. They didn't worship the angels in cherubim. Otherwise, why would God have commanded them to put images like that there? The reason he did so was because he knew that this elevated them in their attitudes towards him, not towards the angels themselves. So what we also see in the use of sacred imagery in Christianity is that the images are not worshipped. They are not looked at as having any power in and of themselves. Our Lady, the saints that are depicted in the images, are not looked upon as having any power in and of themselves. They are looked upon as being, as receiving or having had received an imprint of God on them. In other words, when we worship the saints and Our Lady, and I use worship in a different term than what Turden Fan uses, let me, let me stop and address that really quick. When we look at the use of the term worship, it can be used in many different, in many different ways. The English language just has the use, we, we, use the, we tend to look at the word worship as worshiping God only, or the worship that is due to God only. That's not what I'm referring to when I say worship of saints or worship of Our Lady. I guess a better word would be to use veneration or honor. So, from now on out, I will use the word veneration, because what we're doing is, when we give honor to Our Lady, when we give honor to the saints, what we're really doing is, is admiring the grace that our Lord bestowed upon the saints and Our Lady, and we, we give honor and glory to our Lord for doing so. We look at their, their holy representations, we see how holy the saints were, and we admire that. We admire those characteristics that God has imprinted on them. And so when we look at these images, we don't worship them in and of themselves. We look at them, and that in turn leads us to our Lord.
that is a little bit of the theology behind it. And we can see this from very, very early times of Christian worship, which I want to bring out a couple of examples. And I think these are important to look at because this gives us a little bit of an idea of how far you're going to have to stretch this this uh, this argument that basically Christianity went off the rails around the year 500 and was using idolatrous images worldwide. It was a universal practice, as I will demonstrate here soon. And it wasn't until the Reformation when John Calvin and Luther and all these guys showed up to correct it. Now, I'm going to read a quote here from John Calvin, his Institutes 111.13. I wanted to read this, uh, this, this quote here so that we can see what he thought about it. And then I want to address it. He says, quote, If the authority of the ancient church moves us in any way, we will recall that for about 500 years, during which religion was still flourishing and a pure, church, pure doctrine thriving, Christian churches were commonly empty of images. Thus it was when the purity of the ministry had somewhat degenerated that they were first introduced for the adornment of churches. End quote. Now, even if we're to take John Calvin at face value and believe that Christians didn't use images before the year 500 or not very, very uh, earlier before the year 500, we're going to have to believe that all of a sudden images appeared in all the churches around that time because they did. We have tons of examples from that time period. So the attitude among all Christians had to have gone off the rails very quickly and spread to all the churches, the known apostolic churches, whether it be in Egypt, Syria, Rome, soon to be in Constantinople, so forth. Everything would have had to have gone off the rails at the same time if we're going to believe that. And we're going to have to believe that it was universally corrupt until the time of the Reformation. If you believe that's a tenable argument, well, I, I kind of feel sorry for you. But if that's what you're going to believe, I, I can't stop you. But let's look at a little bit of the earlier archaeology that we have that points to the use of Christian images in communities before the year 500. I wanted to look at the catacombs, which show images back to the 300s there. We have images there that were used by Christians. We have the house church. I believe it's the uh, it is the oldest house church that we have in existence. The archaeology there tells us that images were used there. That is the house church of Dura Europas. So we have that that house church, which we know, and those images date back to around the year two fifty, I believe, the third century. So we know that back then. During the 3rd century, around the year 250, only 150 years after the death of the last apostle, we have documented evidence that Christians were using, image in, using images in their worship in this particular house church. Now, does that say that every single house church had images in them? We can't confirm that because we don't have the archaeology to say yes or no. But the archaeology that we do possess shows images. So are you going to argue from archaeology that doesn't exist, or are you going to argue from archaeology that does exist? Now, I'm going to move on to another interesting archaeological find. Protestants love to say that no Christians venerated Our Lady or saints until very much later, that there's no evidence, etc. Well, I want to look at the site of the Annunciation, because this is a really important 
important find, important archaeological find. Now we know today there's a large church built over the the location of the Annunciation, or what has long been believed to be the location of the Annunciation. But we have some archaeological evidence that was uncovered by the archaeologist Bagatti. And he found some writings in in these in the in the site. You know, this was a, a cave that's at the site of the Annunciation. Now what Bagatti did prove definitively is that there was a Christian community there that worshipped before the Byzantine period, which would be before the year three hundred. So we know that Christians were coming to this particular site that was hailed to be at the location of where the Annunciation occurred. So for some reason, Christians were coming to this site to worship. Now, if we put two and two together, we can figure out that they were coming there for a particular reason, like a pilgrimage, to say, oh, the Annunciation happened here. We can see that there are dead buried there. So we know that Christians came to this site particularly for this reason, by the mere fact that they were there at this location. Now, let's look at the archaeological evidence that we have there that is written on the column, which we have Greek text there. It is written on the column. Now, there's a lot of it missing, so we don't have a definitive answer as to what exactly the text means. But we do have words like image, image worshipped on, on the actual text of the, of the actual column that's there. I want to. I have a book here. That's a. It's a great, great reference book. It's called the Attitude, the Early Christian Attitudes Towards Images, written by Stephen Bigham. Now they have some of the text uncovered, and part of it says under the holy place of M, which they think means Mary, which would make sense because it is at the, as I said, at the location of the Annunciation, and it's a holy place. Would have been regarded by Christians as a holy place. It says the image I adorned. And it says, of her, below that. So, although we don't have conclusive, definitive proof to know that it for sure meant that, by putting two and two together, seeing that Christians were actually going to the site for this particular reason, and looking at the archaeological text, the evidence that they uncovered here, we can say that Our Lady was probably being venerated here from at least the year 250. So, yet again, we have another example. This, that this we have is another you know, example that dates most archaeologists now are, are thinking that this even dates back before the year 250. That people were probably coming here since apostolic times. Of course, I can't say that as a fact because it, it's not a fact. It, right now, that, that much is speculation. We do know Christian community worshipped there before the Byzantine period, before 300, and they came there to honor our, our Lady at the site of the Annunciation. So there is another archaeological find there that is, is, is important. Now, what I want to also point out is the use of images spread to all apostolic churches across the known world as, as it happened. In other words, as the churches expanded, moved around, went to Egypt, went to Syria, all these different places, went over to Constantinople. From there, you had the expansion of the church into the Slavic areas. You had even expansion down to Africa, Ethiopia. As the churches were built there and they arrived there, they were built with images. So we know that this was a universal practice, that, that Christians, as they worshipped and as Christianity was spread throughout the known world, images were used in the worship. This is a fact.
We can look at the Egyptian monasteries when they were built. They have one of their one of the examples would be the monastery of the Syrians in Wadi Al Natrum, which was established in the sixth century, and it has images there in it. Saint Catherine's Monastery at the foot of Mount Sinai, or what people think may be Mount Sinai, was constructed in the sixth century by the Emperor Justinian. The monastery houses over 2,000 icons, and, and some of them date from the 500s, including one of St. Peter holding the keys. Very important image. was very important for Christians to depict an image at that time of St. Peter holding the keys. I wonder why. We'll discuss that at another time. So we can see that the, this was not an isolated case. When we see the church move east, when Constantinople became the center for Christianity, which it was for a long time. The Hagia Sophia built in the 500s, it's adorned with images. Of course, later it was conquered by the Muslims in 1452, and all the images were covered by, with tile, and they were actually well-preserved for us today to see. We have images from Ravenna, Italy. I've visited there as well, and they're absolutely phenomenal in, images there in the churches in Ravenna that date to the 500s. Christians were worshiping with images there as well. And you'll see what, what we also have to realize is that up until the time of Constantine, of course, we didn't have large basilica-style churches. It wasn't practical. The early Christians at that time worshipped in house churches or in small places. There were small communities. It wasn't very practical. You wouldn't see large, large churches being built at that time. So that's why we don't have that style of churches being built. We don't see that in, in archaeological finds. We're, we're uncovering things all the time in archaeology, and you'll see new discoveries with images and stuff like that uh, being found at, at different various times. So as we uncover more, more buried evidence that's buried in the dirt, we'll see, we see more examples that, that prove that Catholicism and Orthodoxy are consistent in early Christian practice. So, now what the, the Protestant apologist is going to have to do is stretch their argument even further back. Because we see that Calvin wasn't necessarily right in saying that images weren't used for worship up until the 500s. We can see that their, their archaeology that we have, that we have to look at, shows that Christians were using images before that time well before that time. So once we we put this together, we have to make our own conclusion. We have to look at the evidence that's presented. And we have to draw our own conclusions from the evidence. Are we going to look at the archaeological evidence that we have that shows Christians using images in their worship? We're going to look at that and look at the universal practice of Christians up until the Reformation. And of course, we have to remember, all the apostolic churches, even up until the time of the Reformation, the, the Orthodox churches, all the Eastern churches, the uh, even the Coptic churches that, were, that weren't considered Orthodox at the time, and also the, the Catholic Church, all those churches used images up until that time. They continue to this day to use sacred images in their worship form. The only people that don't are the Reformed Protestants, or not only the Reform, what, what the people call themselves, Reformers. We'll talk about the Reformation in general. Up until that time, you see a consistent use of images. So, are, 
you're going to have to take one of two one of two two stands here. You're going to have to either say that archaeology is consistent; all these churches are consistent with universal worship for for uh, fourteen hundred years. Or if we want to take it to the year 250, we'll have to say from, from about 1,250 years. So for 1,250 years, Christians have been documented to use images in their divine worship. Uh, and at the Reformation, Luther and Calvin and all the rest of those guys rescued us and brought Christianity back. Or are we going to say that the archaeology is consistent for 1,250 years and Christians throughout that whole time, used images in their sacred worship and continue to do so today, and that is the authentic practice of Christianity. You're going to have to look at the evidence and decide from, for yourself which is the truth. I choose by looking at the evidence and what appears to be the most logical, most logical argument is that Christianity has from its earliest times used sacred images in her worship. It is not idolatry. Christians don't use sacred images as idolatry, and the Protestants are the ones that went off the rails in the 1500s and started saying that these things were idolatry when in fact they were not, and the early churches and the church in its entirety declared it not to be at the Seventh Ecumenical Council. I'm not going to get into that right now, but I will try and cover that in a later podcast. So I thank you very much for for listening to this, and there will be more to come. And may God bless and keep you. Until next time.